lose everyone. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. I see dead people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? And knowing is half the battle. What the deuce? Must have the And I'll form the head. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take it away. What you talking about, woman? Wow, infotainment. Welcome to the final Transmissions Extra Revolution Review. Not the final extra, but the final extra that revolves around revolution, I hope. So I'm here, it's me, Big C, aka Charles, I did that backwards this time. Uh, and I'm joined, of course, by my excellent Transmissions team. Not mine, ours, I shouldn't say. Uh, Yoshi? You're overstepping a lot of bounds <laughs> today, <laughs> sir. And I'm yo. having problems with pronouns tonight. Don't don't take it personal. Yo, everybody, yo. yo Jeremy. Yo. Hey, how are you doing? Great. And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, that double doctorate of yours is really uh, giving you some extra, you know, s- Extra stuff there. Uh, I have an hey, extra ego for this. Double this, trouble. This. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is the last one of these things, eh? I'm not going to miss it at all. Okay, go. <laughs> yes, and for the and for those listening uh, and about to nitpick, I know there's a more than meets the eye revolution tie-in. We're going to do that, but that'll be in the main transmissions show because it deals or, exclusively with Transformers. Or so. the new transmissions show about comics. Exactly. With a, with a soon-to-be-announced name, not in this extra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go on, and we're doing the final chapter of the Revolution crossover. This is Revolution issue number five, and it's chapter five, the title, Valley Forge. Written by John Barber and Cullen Bunn. Line art by Fico Asio. Colors by Sebastian Chang. Letters by Tom B. Long. Edited by David Hedgecock. Chief Creative Officer Chris Ryle. And Publisher Ted Adams. Now we have eight more covers for this issue of Revolution. I know Yoshi loves that. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about which ones we like or which one we hate the least. Uh, Jeremy, do you have a particular cover that stood out for you? I do. It is, as I look for the actual name of it, R.I.B., which is the G2 inspired by Guido Guidi. Even though G2 Sideswipe is not in the issue, that is just probably my favorite image of the entire series. Yeah, I I have to agree with you, Jeremy. So uh, let's see what our fellows say about this. Daryl. Um, yeah, the, uh, there, in my book, there is, um, there's only one cover here that, uh, that even competes. Uh, all the rest are absolute drivel. Um, and that is the Guido Guidi retailer incentive cover B. And, uh, that is the same one Jeremy and Charles have picked. Uh, G2 Sideswipe looks fucking awesome. Um, I just have one question. Since when does Snake Eyes have a cape? 
<laughs> when he decided to be awesome. <laughs> a very Spawn-like cape uh, as well. But uh, other than the weird-ass cape, this cover is amazing. Um, yeah. This is maybe uh, maybe it's you, not a cape. Maybe he's slashing through something or something. Yep, maybe it was like a robe, something that was kind of to help him hide or disguise himself wrapped since. around his neck. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. But I, this, I'm looking at this cover, and this has given me uh, a lot of hope that if they ever decided to do like a, I don't know, like this weird time travel thing shift into the G2 universe. Guido would be the guy to fucking tap for uh, for art duties on this. He's got the I skills to pay the bills, man. And the whole briefcase thing. Yeah. You know, they've started introducing the, the concept of multiple universes. Maybe they could spend an issue in G2. That would be amazing. I would love it. He's He's got it. All right, Yoshi. Let's make it a full house. I also like this cover. Uh, I love this cover. Uh, this is the type of cover I wish I'd thought of for a sketch cover for Guido to do for me. This is the type of cover that if he puts it on eBay, I am buying it, and I will give Jeremy the option to buy it from me. This cover, <laughs> yeah, no, you're welcome. No, I, I would, I would, I would let you buy it for what I pay for it. Like I know how much you like Sideswipe, but I would like to have it. Like this is this this cover gives me hope in the darkness that lives within the pages. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know whether you know how f full houses work, but <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. You got Michelle. You got <laughs> DJ. DJ. Kimmy Gibbler's a part of that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think we're all focusing on that cover because that's really the the best mm -hmm. image there. Although, How are Jeremy, any of these anything else? Like, really, some of these are just absolute shit. I don't know how they even made it to being professionally made covers, but they are. Wow, that's <laughs> you're going over the top there. <laughs> no, he's not. I mean, some some of them are okay, but I mean, a lot of them are continuations of other covers, like the 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 John Byrne one. That's uh. At, that's the obvious choice. The the action figure one, we knew that one was coming. Um, but the one that I'm I'm kind of focused on, it's it's um, the I'm trying to see the guy's name here. Give me one second for the page to load up. It's um, Art Baltazar. Is that the name? Yeah, um, well, that that's, that's every issue has had one in his style too. Right. His style is it's very childlike. It's. Mm -hmm. You know, well, that, that that's they're 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 the guys who do the the all yeah comics ones, the the ones. Oh that, yeah, and they're gonna do that all yeah revolution. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's specifically in that style for like you know for a kids comic. I understand now. We might have to do that one extra. No, 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 nope. It depends <laughs> on whose week it is. <laughs> Don't be a dick, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Jeremy, I did want to ask you, what do you think about subscription cover C, the James Biggie one? I, except for the helmet part, I, I think it's a neat image. The helmet just seems a little bit too big for the body. Hey, the so, issue number is in the right space. Yeah. It, 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's the one I'm naturally drawn to because I, I like these like propaganda style images. But there's just something about that the helmet, you know, being different color from the rest of it, and then just it seems like it's a little bit too big. And then I I went and saw the Guido cover. I'm like, oh well, it's just no contest. Mm. Okay, well. I think the cover uh, issue has been resolved, so let's uh, get into the story and then talk about our feelings on the this final chapter of Revolution. All right. At the end of last issue, microspace tyrant Baron Karza merged with the Dire Wraiths to become a massive invincible monster. Karza is using the Or-13's unstable energy to disintegrate the ent- entropy cloud threatening microspace. But that's destroying the Earth in the process. Earth's mightiest heroes, the Autobots and Soundwave, Rom, Mask, and the Micronauts have assembled to confront the Karza Wraith, but they're too busy fighting each other. Optimus Prime tries to talk sense into his would-be teammates, but they're not listening and the situation is getting critical. Finally, Prime transforms and forcibly draws Rom, Snake Eyes, and the Acroyer Micronaut into his cab while Matt Tracker follows him and continues firing on Prime in his Thunderbird flying car. He finally convinces everyone that the Karza Wraith monster is the real enemy and they should stand together to fight it before it destroys the Earth they all care for. Karza is unimpressed. After interchanging with the Dire Wraiths, he has more than enough power to deal with all his enemies and prepares to unleash more lethal energy blasts. But Karza's enemies keep multiplying as G.I. Joe shows up, piloting 30-year-old tanks and fighter jets. The Joe team, led by Scarlet, realizes Karza is the true threat and adds their firepower to the fight. Autobot combiner Victorion adds her strength, as well as Cup and Action Man, who just arrived to the party after a 3,000-mile road trip. Karza continues to fight back unfazed. But after Soundwave rescues Mayday and Mainframe in their Joe helicopter after a failed attack run on the Karza Wraith, Mainframe tells Soundwave he has a plan. Meanwhile, the Micronauts, Oz piloting his robotic Biotron unit, theorize that they could potentially stop Karza by interchanging with the space bridge and stopping Karza from siphoning the Or-13 energy into microspace. Soundwave overhears them and can understand them because the Micronauts' language happens to be ancient Cybertronian. Oz asks Soundwave if he can help reprogram the space bridge so the Micronauts can merge with it, but Soundwave tells them that the bridge is part of the Autobot City's Titan, Metro Titan, and Soundwave cannot control it. But Rom, also somehow speaking ancient Cybertronian, interjects that he can, since the space bridge resonates with his armor. So they can shut down Karza's conduit to microspace, but that won't stop the Or-13 that has already begun destabilizing from eventually exploding. Soundwave says if they could create a counter-frequency to the Or-13's resonating, that would stop the decay. But the Or-13 frequency is modulating chaotically, and Soundwave can't simultaneously match the frequency and broadcast it. But the human's mainframe and Matt Tracker with his Spectrum mask are ready to join in and lend a hand. Meanwhile, Optimus Prime tells Windblade they need an evacuation route in the wake of the energy that's about to be released from the space bridge. Windblade uses her city speaker abilities to call on Autobot City's Metro Titan to awaken and transform part of its city mode to provide a pathway back to the city, away from the epicenter of the Or-13 and the Karza monster. 
As the Autobots, Joes, and Mask teams make their escape, Soundwave, Matt Tracker, Mainframe, Rom, and the Micronauts execute their plan. The Micronauts interchange with the space bridge, and Matt Tracker uses his Spectrum mask to fire Soundwave's counterfrequency at the OR-13. As the Titan City takes off and lifts all the combatants up and out of the OR-13 crater, Karza realizes he's about to be destroyed and grabs Optimus Prime's chest plate, meaning to take Prime with him. But at the last moment, Miles Mayhem pilots his jetcopter on a collision course with the Karza monster, playing the hero one last time. Karza rips off the front of Prime's chest but falls back into the crater. Prime gives Soundwave the order, activate the space bridge now. And the Karza monster curses Miles Mayhem for dooming his universe microspace to death as Karza is sucked into the space bridge and it promptly explodes. Autobot City lifts off to a safe distance as most of the various teams have been saved. Unfortunately, not everyone made it out. The Micronauts appear to have been vaporized, while several of the Mask team was lost as well. Scarlet laments that most of the Joes made it out, except Mainframe. Rom tries to apologize for his prior actions of killing the other Joes who were actually dire wraiths, but ultimately he realizes he'd be better off carrying the fight on his own, and flies off. But after Rom departs, Matt Tracker notices that one more figure appears to have survived the explosion. Soundwave, still alive but with both his arms melted off, kept Mainframe safe in his chest compartment. As Scarlet and the others celebrate, Optimus Prime apologizes for his actions annexing Earth that have now painted a target on the planet. He tells them that he now understands that Earth doesn't need his protection, but he must work with the Earth's people as equals, and they can no longer afford to fight amongst each other, as doubtless new threats will materialize in the future. Finally, we get a glimpse of the future for the other Hasbro properties. The Micronauts were not destroyed, but somehow teleported to a military laboratory where scientists are preparing them for vivisection? Find out their fate in Micronauts number 7. Meanwhile, the Joes and Mask return to their base on Governor's Island in New York City. Scarlet plans to have G.I. Joe follow its own path in the upcoming G.I. Joe number 1, and she's willing to give Mask a fresh start as well. The Mask vehicles have been mostly totaled, but they were salvaged from the battle and can be repaired. Matt Tracker finds a note stuck in the windshield of his Thunderhawk Camaro. It appears Miles Mayhem survived the battle with Karza after all and is still out there. Found out what's next for them in Mask Number 1. And we end the Revolution crossover there, where all the other properties go to their respective corners and continue on with their own books. Can we get back to Transformers now? That's it. So, uh, Yoshi, I saw some uh, some strong uh, text messages from you, so I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts? I don't know. I think I consider it treasonous that you had me read this. <laughs> this is this is what not trying looks like, everybody. You have all of these wonderful properties. The property I thought I would like the least, Action Man, turns out to be the property I like the most. And this book is nearly every page visual action of awesome, and he barely flickers in for a panel. I, um, I I don't I I don't. <laughs> so John Barber is he the the ROM enthusiast? No, that's Chris Ryle is the Chris, ROM enthusiast. And what else is Chris Ryle? Is he just a writer? 
he's like the he's chief. one of the yeah he's he's like one of the main people at IDW. If you look at this, he's now credited actually as chief creative officer. Yeah. So if I if I were to put on my speculation hat, uh, Chris Ryle's love for Rom probably led to Hasbro saying, "Well, let's just do a massive mashup." Uh, when when the end goal was just to get Rom on the IDW thing, IDW ticket. I, I I really feel like there's there's some truth to that speculation. That's beside the point. Um, this was probably a, a Hasbro mandate, uh, probably with not enough time to write a story worth reading. This was horrible. This was this was biblically god awful. The only thing good is fucking Guido's cover. Uh, it, it really felt... I, I don't understand why anybody, uh, from what I understand of the IDW universe, why anybody rallied behind Optimus Prime at any point. He, he's been such a such a whiny, bratty, teenager, wish-washy character. And it pains me to say that because I love the character so much, just not this incar- incarnation of him. But why you, you can't just transform and start racing towards your doom and expect everybody to fucking follow you. That, that, that would never happen in a bazillion fictional years. Uh, Victorian's presence is absolutely meaningless. Uh, this is a character that's too new to give a shit about. And, and I still don't give a shit about why couldn't they just kill her right there? Then I probably would have cared. Uh, it's 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 it visually tries to be epic but it's like everything at some point everything just hung on the visuals on the artistry not not the story and it was it it doesn't save the book it really feels like i mean visually it's like bam in your face action you've got all these epically awesome properties and you're telling me this is the best a handful of writers could come up with? This, this, this is what we, we were told wasn't going to bother us, wasn't going to affect us, was going to be awesome, and it was the best thing for, for the Transformers. We were lied to, gentlemen. <laughs> we were, we were epically lied to. Uh, it, 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 okay, I, here's, here's where, here's where I'm going to, I'm going to push back. Please. On a little bit of what you say. So from the beginning, they've, I mean, I don't want to psychoanalyze what is in the minds of the writers and the artists behind the book. Sure. I'm willing to take what they say at face value. What they've said at face value was they pitched this idea to Hasbro and this is what they wanted to do. So, you know, Chris Ryle is, as his, he had a, he had a ROM book started before revolution started. ROM, ROM premiered in July and was, and had a issue zero at free comic book day. So, I mean, they had ROM started before, uh, I mean, they, they had planned revolution, but they had, they were able to do ROM. Like I, I'm sure they were able to do ROM without doing revolution for whatever reason. And, and the ROM book was kind of, it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been reading the ROM book. I like the ROM book by itself. You got a ROM I, book written by somebody who absolutely loves ROM. There's no reason that book should not be a fucking hit. None. I mean, if you yeah. got a diehard fan, you know, doing the new Star Wars film, it's going to be great. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the sales numbers are on the ROM book, but I, I've been enjoying it so far, and I've been buying the issues. Um, what I what I will say about this story, I mean, I can definitely say I don't think the execution uh, was, <laughs> you know, it was a piece of it shit. Wasn't gr- it wasn't good. It wasn't. I mean, the whole. I mean, it's it's kind of been. You know, it's it's a pretty. I would say a pretty generic crossover in the end i mean where you have you at the end you have this you know one big main villain and everyone somehow comes together to fight but i mean it does it take it there's not enough time given to the interactions to the characters where you believe that they all uh you know came together to you know to fight this this enemy and then at the end after the enemy is defeated you don't even feel like they're they're even going to continue working together in the future. They're all like, it feels like completely set up that they're going to just go back to their respective corners and their pockets of the universe and, and not have anything to do with each other until the next crossover. If, if this were just, you know, we got new properties, we need to do a reboot. I would have happily picked up issue number one of GI Joe mask transformers, uh, and ROM, but you presented me with a crossover fuck up and now I have no desire to, to, to just get this one cover with Guido on it. That, that's, that'll be my purchase as a result of all of this bullshit. That's what it's resulted in a purchase for a cover. They, this, this, this was a clusterfuck. This was, this was a mistake and I'm wrong because apparently according to you guys, this is selling like gangbusters. So fine it well i don't know i don't i don't know where the the first issue sold i don't know what what the numbers are for the next few issues okay well it'll be interesting to see but this this was horrible this whole experience was i i I would like to take a pill and erase it from my mind (laughs) all right daryl what were your thoughts um i as uh with all the previous uh, revolution uh, books. I am in awe of the art, except when it comes to the Transformers. Um, mm-hmm. Fico is a very, very talented artist, and uh, a couple of scenes really stood out to me. Um, one where uh, uh, the Matt Tracker's Camaro gets sliced in half um, is is very visually appealing. Um, it looks it looks fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, there wasn't sliced in half at the very end of the book. Yes, it was. No, it was. Yeah, in pretty bad shape. But no, you can see it. It's still it's still sliced in half. It's just lying there. Oh yeah, you can you okay. can see that. Yeah. Don't question me. <laughs> um, and then the other one was uh, when the um, the GI Joes kind of came roaring in to save the day. You know. Here we come to save the day, GI Joe. Um, it looked it looked very good. That uh, that splash page um, was done very well. Um, the the story itself, I've I think I've said it before. I think could have been done almost entirely without the the Micronauts, um, all except for Karza, who who was needed to kind of fill the role of the the big baddie at the end but mm-hmm. um they could have 
they could have made this giant wraith of, you know, of just wraiths, right? They didn't need Karza for that. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they actually already had a super-powered wraith um, that they introduced in the Rom Revolution book that okay. could have, like, what was his name? Axiom. Mm-hmm. They okay. could have used him as the big bad. Right. So, yeah, I think that the Micronauts could have been pulled from this entire crossover and 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 we could have uh, used their space to expand the, the, the characterizations of all the, the players in this. Um, I felt that my most uh, liked uh, characters in the crossover were probably the mask guys. Um, I just uh, I appreciated what they had done with them with the uh, the one shot because the one shot really did give me the most backstory on on all of their characters. So I kind of knew what they were doing and uh, was kind of rooting for them the uh, through the whole story. Um, I I did not give a shit about the uh, the the micronauts. Um, I have a I'm pathologically against GI Joe. Um, so I, I hate them. Um, and the, the transformers are just drawn poorly and, and anything artistically that I'm not drawn to, I need to kind of, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't like, so this particular series, I'm not really interested in the transformers. Um, then, uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess and in ROM, I don't, I don't particularly care about ROM. Um, and like Yoshi said, action man, action man was in here, um, so much that I forgot about him. So, um, yeah, I, I, I totally, until Yoshi had mentioned it, I had actually forgot that he was in this book. So, um, but I did, I did, uh, want to say that when cup walked in with, uh, like the, the ammo belt across his chest, he really needed to have the cigar in his mouth that, uh, that made the, that would have made the image. Cup cup needs the cigar. Yeah. Um so but uh but a Transformers artist would have known that. I didn't expect Fico to know that. Um but no, I mean like I've said, the book is visu- visually appealing. Um this book was a was a battle book, and that's the kind of books that I generally like. The thing that bugged me the most going through it is especially on the big splash pages. You have to deal with all the dialogue, but then they're introducing every single fucking character on the page, right? So I'm like, okay, well, here's this. Okay, where do I read from here? Oh, reading from here, reading from here. Oh, is, do I read that? No, no, they're introducing that guy. Okay, reading here, reading here. Now, yes, the, all the bubbles look different for the introductions, but they your eye is pulled to that area, right? So it kind of doesn't allow you to read in any kind of sequence because your eye is pulled into a different spot. So the fact that for the first half of the book, you're getting introduced to all the same goddamn characters over and over and over again, um, by issue five of this series. And if like us, we've read all the one shots, you know, we're by now we're 10 books in, um, this was, this was driving me crazy. Like that big splash page that I mentioned with the GI Joes coming in, um, you're introduced to one, two, three, four, five, six, six characters on that page, as well as all the dialogue. So, um, and that's just, it takes up a lot of space. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, 
That's that's big. That's my complaints about the book. I'm like I said at the uh, in the intro. Uh, I'm I'm happy that this crossover is over. Uh, I honestly I disagree with Yoshi on the fact that I don't think this was a Hasbro mandate. I don't think Hasbro has any any issue with any of this. They're probably very happy with everything the way that everything is going right now. Um, honestly, I don't think they're invested at all in Micronauts or um, well, Micronauts ROM. is part of their cinematic shared universe that they're playing. Oh, uh, okay. Well, maybe they've got a little bit riding on it, but like, I don't ROM think they're ready to. Any. Yeah, ROM but is this, not. This, they've this given is like... up on GI Joe. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's. I think if if they can see that any kind of benefit comes out of this for any of these other properties. I think they're happy about it, but I don't think they went to IDW and said, "Hey, do a do a crossover and use bump 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 properties." I don't think that happened. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, um, I'm happy it's done, and I and going forward, I don't think it's going to affect the ongoing uh, Transformers books all that much. Um, More than meets the eye is still going to be out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the only one that I think it will have any effect on will be uh, the Optimus Prime book. And, uh, cause he'll still be on earth. I'm assuming, although at the end of this book, it sounds like he wants to leave, but no, uh, cause he was talking about our, our, or our, our world. Okay. Sounds like he's going to stay. You, you brought up one thing, Daryl, and I think it's worth noting, like Tom Belong did not have an easy job here and I don't know how you could have done it better. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes forward. Um, but I don't think the, uh, the other books are going to get affected all that much. All right. Uh, Jeremy. Uh, I kind of echo what Yoshi and Daryl said for the most part. I mean, this is, it's really hard to do an ending of a big crossover, just regardless, Marvel, DC, IDW, whatever. It, every crossover starts off with a lot of enthusiasm. And by the time you, you reach the end of it, you are, you know, more often than not, you're just like, just let this thing get over with so I can get back to the stories I want to hear or I want to read. And unfortunately, this one never had anything compelling enough to make us care a lot about most of the characters. And then they were in here like they were just throwing every character they could into this book, obviously, because it's the big fight. But, you know, like Action Man. Action Man is a fun book. It's a fun character. You blink and you miss him in the book. Um, Rom, for as much as I'm enjoying the book, he, this whole miniseries, I think he could have been in there a little bit less, given a little bit more attention to some of the other characters. From what I feel like coming out of this, this whole series was a way to start mask and restart GI Joe micronauts is not, I mean, they're, they had a book prior to this. They're going to have a book after this, but you know, just they're on earth. But I mean, it's just, they didn't have a lot of pre existing. I mean, if you were a micronaut fan, you are a much smaller group than GI Joe and mask. So I just I think it was really focused on getting those two 
They were trying to get the rub from Transformers, the crown jewel of the IDW Hasbro <laughs> universe. And it probably succeeded on that. Just, I mean, to get those two books a little bit, you know, more in the news to get GI Joe rebooted into the more familiar cartoon inspired GI Joe vehicles and whatnot. But as a Transformers fan, I am coming out of this very, I don't know, not really, uh, what's word brain, not work. Um, very unsatisfied. It's, I mean, give me dark Cybertron again, please. <laughs> I mean, that that's where I'm feeling coming out of this. And I did not enjoy dark Cybertron. So, I mean, that, that's just where I am. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, going forward i mean th this is the, like i think we've seen this with the with the other transformers crossovers it's usually been that the crossover of a event itself is really flawed but what happens after it sometimes uh, makes up for it so yeah i mean like, there's a lot of good toys that the the creators have to play with now in their toolbox right. they didn't have before right but I'm just worried that it's going to be more detrimental to the books I want to read. Um, when well, I mean, we we know at least going forward, Lost Light and Till All Are One, they're not on Earth, so right, they'll be mostly untouched. Yeah, by... I, I think the damage is going to be strictly to the Optimus Prime book, which is, on one hand, it's okay, good, it's not the the other books, but on the other hand, it's your most popular character and yeah. you risk doing damage to that character. I risk, I, what I worry about is, uh, Keizama. Like I, I'm really a big fan of her art and to think that this whole thing is just going to screw her opportunity here is really unfortunate. Well, I don't think it would cause I hope not. You can have a, a crappily written book and, um, awesome art and then you know she can go on to do other stuff i mean i, I think her um it, everyone is really high on her right now i mean she's done some stuff for marvel already so I, i'm not worried about kazama and i mean at least i mean jeremy i know you you don't like to look at the previews i have looked at the previews of the optimus prime number one book and at least the feel i get is that it's not focusing a huge amount on the aftermath of revolution so i mean uh, that's good then yeah like i, I mean optimus optimus prime is still on earth so he still has to deal with you know the humans hating the transformers or whatever but you know it doesn't feel like it's explicitly trying to continue what's what happened in revolution that's good but i, I do feel like we're going to have a yearly crossover type event that I think that's just inevitable. Yeah, that that I am definitely not in favor of. <laughs> but I know, I mean, I know this is how the industry works. This is how they do this to generate sales every year. And but I don't, I mean, I don't. I, do they really get the returns that they expect? Well, Yoshi found the um, the numbers for the first three issues of Revolution. You want to talk about that, Yoshi? Well, it says uh, issue number one sold 29,000 copies. Issue number two sold 17,000 copies. And issue number three sold 13,000 copies. I'm rounding just to make it easier. But that's that's a drop-off. 
Yeah. I mean, I think the Transformers books are hovering around eight, 9,000. Now, let's keep this in historical perspective for future listeners that the number one most sold book for the month of October at 421,000 copies was Big Trouble in Little China slash Escape from New York. <laughs> but that also, um, some of the number one issues are artificially enhanced because they get in one of those like box a month things. Oh, okay. And I think that book was in one of them. Gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, there's a sharp drop off between like the top 10 and then everything else. Like Mm -hmm. things go quickly down to like the, you know, tens of thousands of copies range. What will be interesting to see is the post-revolution numbers like Optimus Prime, you know, all the the Transformers books, where are they going to end up with their first, you know, three or four issues? And where are some of these other books going to end up? Are they going to get a bump or because, I mean, it's a, a downward trend on these revolution numbers. Is it going to even do anything? That's the question. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think we've said everything that needs to be said, I guess. I mean, I, I think I'll just add my my note to the chorus that I I really did think the art was really good with the exception of the Transformers that like if you go down and look at the um the profiles at the end of the book look at the the image that Guido Guidi draws for Optimus Prime for his profile and compare that to how he looks in the actual book mm-hmm. that's or that's windblade such a, yeah it, yeah Sarah's windblade there yeah it's so, I mean, yeah, I mean, every, Fico Asio does everything right for all the other properties, but the Transformers just don't look right, which is unfortunate. And the coloring is really, really spectacular too, I think. Everything looks really bright and vibrant. Yeah. And everything. The, you know, the coloring's great. I just would think in all of this action, there'd be some action man involved. Well, I mean, he's going to be in Revolutionaries, so. I plan on following that at least a little bit just to even if they had just even if they changed Action Man's appearance to being like in a boat with Cup or something out in the middle of nowhere and one just turns to the other and goes, you feel like you're missing something? I mean, it would have been funny and and, and awesome, but just end it before I keep talking. (laughs) So much potential. So poorly. All right. Well, I will, uh, I'll just end up with a couple of notes. I, I did, uh, you know, just, just take a couple of notes. Again, the title of the chapter, Valley Forge, that's, uh, another reference to a poem, an American poem by, uh, Thomas Buchanan Reed. Uh, of course, I mean, for Americans, this should be well known from the Revolutionary War. Valley Forge, uh, is outside of Philadelphia and it was the location of the American armies. Winter camp during 1777 and 78. So it's, it's well it's known. It's an actual most interesting battle if you want to read something good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not much I can say there. Not much else I can say to that. Um, I did one thing I did think was at least clever was that since the, they already established that the micronauts and microspace were created by Micronus Prime. Since he was one of the ancient 13 primes, their language was somehow derived from ancient Cybertronians. So I thought that was 
an interesting way to get the Micronauts able to talk to the Transformers. So, I mean, that was at least one, you know, one clever, I, I think, you know, I can appreciate that was a clever way to weave them in. I mean, it still felt like the Micronauts are being kind of shoehorned in, but, you know, I can, uh, in isolation, that's a clever uh, plot point. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, Pretty much we're glad to see the back of the Revolution crossover and uh, look forward to the upcoming Transformers books, Optimus Prime, Lost Light, and the continuing to Lawler 1. And uh, fear what new crossovers are on the horizon for 2017. I hope I hope none, but I think Jeremy's right that we're go- going to be getting one a year now for the future. But that's what Marvel and DC do. Yeah. And look how well it works for them. All right. So I guess that's it for uh, this edition of Transmissions Extra. Thanks, everyone, for uh, for sticking with us throughout the, the whole Revolution crossover. We'll be getting back to other extra topics uh, in the near future. So uh, expect the next extra to be something completely different i hope so we'll see you next time bye-bye bye bye everybody